Hello, my people. Today, we're talking trends in Miami travel and tourism with Rick Ueno, or as I like to call him, Rick Bueno Ueno, GM of the iconic W South Beach Hotel. We recorded this episode just before the Super Bowl, live, on-site, poolside, cigar in hand, talking all about the tourism sector, how it's evolved in the last five years, where the demand is coming from, and what the future holds for this major economic industry driver. We also talked about whether or not the resurgence of downtown Miami has helped or hindered demand for the beach. Touched on some of the new generators, uh, new business generators like Formula One and the Miami Beach Convention Center and the economic outlook for the next 10 years. Last but not least, we had to dip into our How to Be a Top Producer uh, playbook to get Rick's keys to success on that 45-year career uh, in travel, tourism, and sales. You're going to love his insights, valuable uh, words on the importance of doing what you love and being truthful and honest with yourself. So listen up, smoke them if you got them, and make sure to say hello to Rick Bueno Ueno next time you visit W South Beach. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Duin, joined here by Rick Ueno, the general manager of W South Beach. Rick, thanks for being on the show. It's a pleasure. It's great to be here. Excited to have you here. This is a bit of a unique episode for us. We've got a, a, a cocktail and a, and a cohiba, or what is this, a placentia in hand? Placentia, not a cohiba. <laughs> we're here at a, a W South Beach. We're on site, so we figured we'd keep it cool and, and mix it up today. Uh, speaking of keeping it cool, we just wrapped up our Basel Miami Beach, Miami uh, Art Week. Um, Rick, tell me a little bit about that and sort of the uh, fun that was happening on site. Our Basel is always the premier week for our hotel. And this year did not disappoint. We we had actually the best year we ever had last year, but this year surpassed it. Wow. In rooms revenue and just in activations um, within the property. It was really amazing. Rick, I know we were talking off air that you've been now five years uh, with W and Starwood here at, at in the Miami Beach property. Right. About 20 years uh, with Marriott. Actually, um, I've been with the company for 36 years. 36 years. I right. completely so undershot you there. <laughs> Marriott purchased Starwood three years ago. So 33 years with Starwood and three years with Marriott. But they honored the length of service. So I get to say 36 years with the company and then five years here at the W South Beach. As amazing. The general manager. Okay, excellent. I think you're doing an amazing job, right? You. Because you guys stay at the top of every list. And it's it's competitive, but we do a good job. We're always in the top three here in the market. So amazing one, well, iconic institution. So you, you've been here five years. And we'd like to say on the real estate side of things that if you haven't been in Miami in the last five years, you really haven't been at all. Right. It's really evolved in such a, a global city. That's a 365 city where before it was a destination vacation or maybe had a second home. Now so many more people want to live here year round right. for a number of reasons. But tell me, I guess from your end and from the hospitality and tourism side, uh, a major economic driver for the city, what have you seen sort of change the most or how, how has it evolved since you first got here? We definitely are an international destination. Um, over the past five years, it's really been unbelievable, specifically just in hotel growth. When I came here, I knew that it was going to be a challenge coming to the W South Beach because we were kind of the it hotel on South Beach. Um, but I also knew that to the north of us, six blocks up, there was going to be four brand new luxury hotels coming to the market. 
And any time that you have new inventory like this and direct competitors, these weren't going to be um, full service hotels or limited service hotels. These were all luxury hotels coming in the market. It was going to take a toll on our occupancy, on our ADR, and it did. But we knew that this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen, but I was excited about it because it was transforming the face of South Beach. The reputation of South Beach might have been more of a party, spring break destination, but we are definitely um, a, de a luxury destination now with a lot to offer. And it's interesting when you look at South Beach, maybe the center of South Beach might have been around Lincoln Avenue, mm -hmm. but we've kind of become the center of South Beach. Um, and we're really, really proud of that. That's amazing. And so tell me a little bit about shifting from your spring break destination to the luxury destination. How how do you, how does one cater to this clientele? What things have you done differently or how have you adapted? Well, first of all, I'm a sales general manager. So one of the perks and one of the things I love about being the general manager here is I travel the world. I go on five big trips a year. So I'll go to Buenos Aires. I'll go to Sao Paulo. I'll go to Rio. Always go to Europe. And then I'll go to Russia. I sell this hotel, I sell this destination, and I'm selling it to luxury travel agents. Mm. And so if I'm selling to a luxury travel agent, and these travel agents, they only deal with luxury travelers. Mm -hmm. And these travelers, they don't go on the internet and book room nights. They book through their personal assistants and through travel agents. So when I'm selling, I'm not selling party destination because luxury travelers won't come to a party destination. Mm -hmm. They want to come to a destination that offers great hotels, great restaurants, great shopping, great museums, and obviously the sun and the beach. Right. Um, so that that's what this mark this what this market has this that's how this market has grown so much in those offerings. Um, and so even at the hotel, which we can talk about here in a few minutes, just our offerings and the way we cater to them, we've actually changed significantly in the past five years. Even my thoughts on luxury mm -hmm. over the past five years has grown tremendously. Uh, how specifically would you, would you say that well, it's grown? One of the things that um, is often discussed in luxury travel is to create curated experiences. Mm -hmm. So when you have these luxury travelers, these high net worth travelers, what, what is a curated experience? Like, for example, you and I are smoking cigars. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm more of an avid cigar smoker, but we're not the same mm -hmm. in the way we enjoy the, our right. cigars. Now, you, if you're going to have a cigar, you're going to be more social. Me, to tell you the truth, I'd prefer to smoke a cigar by myself Sure. in isolation. So a curated experience for you might be to go to a cigar event. Well, a curated experience for me would be to find a cigar shop where I can buy a great cigar and then bring it back to my hotel room and smoke it on my balcony. So one of the key things that we've done is we have these positions called insiders. Sure. Um, they're personal concierge. And we have a lot of them. We have eight personal concierge wow. on top of my concierge team, which is stationed in the lobby. These eight concierges, personal concierges, which we call insiders, are dedicated straight to our luxury travelers. So if you're coming as a luxury traveler, a guest of ours, sure, we're going to get to know you. If I, for example, was your insider, I'm your insider for your entire stay. So if you're going to stay for three days, 
you have me for three days. If you're going to stay for two weeks, you have me for two weeks and I will curate your experience based upon your needs. So I'll give you a quick example. And I love telling this story. I received two comments on the same day from guests because I send a note to all of our guests to make sure. And that's another thing in this curated experience. Look, they like talking to the general manager. Mm -hmm. They like talking to two key positions in the hotel the general manager and the executive chef. Mm. Something about our titles and our position make it a little bit more of a special experience for our guests. Um, But I received two pieces of guest feedback. One was this, Rick, thank you for reaching out. I had the most boring time. It's exactly what I needed. Thank you to my insider for arranging a beach chair for me every single day, blah, 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 blah. On the exact same day, I received another email from a guest that was, thank you for reaching out. Mm -hmm. Your team, your insider made me feel so special. I actually felt like a rock star and I felt uncomfortable about it. Thank you so much. (laughs) So when you talk about a curated experience, Mm -hmm. it's a real personalized experience. And the reason why I have eight insiders is that it can't be a rushed experience. Mm -hmm. It can't be, hi, please reach out. Let me know if you need anything. Have to I do their have, homework. And, I have to really get to know you mm-hmm. and establish a relationship with you so that I really know what you want. Some guests will tell us. If they don't, we have to figure it out. But a lot of guests that tell us, then if they want to just eat in the best restaurants in Miami, my insiders have all the connections to be able to get them into the hot spots. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the key things. So when I'm on the road selling around the world, I'm always stressing our insiders because a lot of hotels, they might have butlers, but they rotate butlers. Mm -hmm. They don't really invest in the experience to create these curated experiences. I I think that's one of our key, key selling features here in the hotel that separates us. I think that's amazing. I see a lot of uh, parallels between luxury real estate sales and marketing, I'd say, because on one end to your point of how we you know smoke cigars differently besides the fact that i'll try to make it through this interview without choking on mine um it's you know like you mentioned the smoking um you know by yourself and sort of uh reflecting and decompressing or or socially by that same token when you know you're selling uh, real estate there's different uses uh, whether it's a you know end user investor income producing properties etc but at the same time it's very much i think at the luxury level about the personalized services right and sort of curating so to speak uh that experience whether it be for the broker or for the end user uh, as opposed to just going on uh, you know our version of let's say the expedia is like a a zillow app or redfin or whatnot they really want an expert who can tell them you're looking you have a family you're looking for this okay these neighborhoods have xyz proximity Mm. to schools this is what you're you know basically breaking down the different neighborhoods so i i think that's uh very reassuring and and uh, exciting right. to see those parallels and that it's, you're having such success with it on your end it makes me also think about in real estate you're selling product and it's another way that we stay ahead of our competition mm-hmm. And how we attract guests from around the world to want to stay at this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going through a massive renovation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the public areas of our hotel have already been renovated. Our spa, that's being renovated. It'll be opened up at the last week of January. And then next year, starting in May, we do a full room renovation, mm-hmm. which will take place from May to November. And we go floor by floor. 
And our rooms are really transforming into something incredibly special. Now, because I and my sales team, we spend so much time on the road, we really know our travel agents from mm -hmm. around the world. Um, they're excited about this room renovation. Like I told you earlier, when I came here, four new hotels opened north of us. Mm -hmm. So we were no longer the IT hotel. Right. They were the IT hotel. They're all four years old now. By the time a renovation's done, they'll be five years old. We reestablish ourselves really as the new kid on the block again mm -hmm. because of these room, this renovation that's taking place. So product is critically important. It's a combination of product and it's a it's with curated experiences that my insiders um, create. That, that that's really the, the winning in combination. The oh, it, it's definitely the winning combination. And I'm glad you talked about the product because uh, another thing that I like about what, you know, your, your example in traveling abroad is that it's in real estate. It's very much about the product, but our conversation has to, at least our, our brokerage, Severa, um, when we go abroad, it has to start with Miami and selling them, convincing them on the destination. Right. You know, for us, it's not necessarily <laughs> a travel agent. It's usually a broker, but same sort of, um, same sort of uh, role in the in the situation, but like you talked about, the museums, the um, attractions, the shopping, the the dining, all of these things are part of convincing somebody first uh, to come to want to come to Miami. Then there's the actual sort of economic side of it, and then uh, as you get as your insiders get to know their people, for us it's you know we have various different types of development offerings or right. various neighborhoods. So then it's sort of picking the one for you, but you have to start at that sort of Miami level. And I think we were talking off air before that you've seen, it's very much complimentary, right? From downtown mainland and the beach, sort of as you see more attractions popping up over there, it helps Absolutely. attracting people here on the beach. Absolutely. Our guests, they want to stay at the beach. Right. They come to Miami to stay at the we beach. We love the water, right? We love the beach. If, if they want to stay in a city, they are, there's a lot of options for cities. Mm -hmm. But the weather combined with our beach in Miami really makes Miami Beach a very, very popular destination and our demand is very strong. But our guests also love to go out and eat mm -hmm. and they love to shop and they like going to rest and they like um, going to museums. Mm -hmm. I definitely see like Miami mm -hmm. to be a total compliment to South Beach. Our guests go to Miami mm -hmm. to go eat, shop, have some fun. They like to hang out here, get their tans, but at night off they go downtown right. and they go experience the best that any city can offer as far as I'm concerned. Right. So I, I think the the uh, the beach and downtown, the futures are intertwined and we grow it together. Right? Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about your guests and traveling <clears throat> abroad. Uh, Rig, uh, paint a little picture for me on the where the guests are coming from, let's say. Uh, where, where are you seeing where are you seeing demand? Well, by far. The United States is our number one market. And right. within the U.S., New York, the whole Northeast sector, it by far is our strongest market. You can combine all the other markets from around the world and anywhere in the United States, and it still will not touch what the Northeast brings down to Miami. It's a quick flight, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of net worth up in the Northeast yep. um, portion of the U.S. So by far, the Northeast. Um, behind that, Brazil used to be 
the number two market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, and you probably know better, but for the political reasons mm-hmm. and the impact that it had on their economic situation, uh, we've seen a decline in people traveling from Brazil. Mm-hmm. In combination with the fact that a lot of our Brazilian guests that would come here, they bought homes here. Right. So um, that that has dwindled. It's probably our number three market. Mm-hmm. The European market has taken the number two position. We get a lot of European travelers here um, at the W South Beach. And that's uh, we're seeing some similarities on our end, too. I think definitely the Northeast is uh, is, a, is a leader from a real estate and searching in Miami perspective. And now also even uh, Illinois and California, these tax burden states, so right. to speak, where people want to relocate uh we're still seeing a lot of interest from uh, latin america but as you mentioned uh, europe and specifically france and italy has been upticking uh as well right so um it's it's great to see how things sort of evolve and and have uh at the same time there's i'm seeing more and more of a direct connection between between the tourism and travel and the real estate as as we talk about this right even like you might ask why do i go to russia Mm -hmm. the russian market has dried up and a lot of that is political, mm-hmm. right? With the amount of visas that are given out by the U.S. for people to travel to Russia and vice versa. Um, but there is a lot of high net worth individuals in Russia mm-hmm. and they want to travel. And this situation won't last forever. I know it will not right. last forever. Cyclical. So I'm supported to go to travel to go travel to Russia every single year, which is a long haul. Yeah. Um, Knowing that at some point that market will come back and the W South Beach will be positioned as a known hotel in that market. Mm-hmm. So when the floodgates open, right, you we're, we're top, door, we're yeah. top of mind. We are top of mind with any of the best hotels in um, the north in in the U.S. I like it, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Rick Ueno. That's correct. General manager of the W South Beach, one of the hottest properties here in Miami Beach. Rick, we're talking about travel, tourism trends and the uh, luxury travel market, how it intertwines with uh, Miami, Miami real estate. We talked about the uh, sort of evolution, a bit of the uh, travel tourism space, sort of where the guests are coming from. Earlier, you mentioned the experience is key, right? So tell me a little bit about the experiences that uh, the W or let's say Miami and Miami Beach offers and sort of what you're excited about in upcoming experiences now in the next year and years to come. Well, we touched base upon the fact that there's a lot of new hotels, a lot of great restaurants, there's great shopping right here in Miami Beach. And the same goes for Miami and the Brickell area. I I really think it's booming. And all these other little neighborhoods like the Design District, Wynwood, even as someone that lives here in Miami, I love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot to do if I want to do something um, that Miami has to offer. There is there are so many great things coming down the road here for Miami and Miami Beach. Namely, in February we have the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a that. huge demand generator. In addition, there's the possibility of Formula One coming to the Miami area. I mean, there's still a lot of red tape that has to work sure. through, but that I like Formula One. I'm a Formula One follower. I just went to Austin to go watch a race. It's an international sport. Yes, that, absolutely. Um, really attracts a lot of visitors from around the world that would want to come see a Formula One race in Miami. I mean, it's something about Formula One in Miami. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. It's it's sexy all around. Right? Yeah, it it's is. It really is. Like downtown. Some of these other destinations, I'm not quite sure, but Miami, Miami, and Formula One. 
I feel like that's a winning combination. Let's talk about that for a second, if you will. Where are they in the process? I know there was something announced last year, but you mentioned red tape. Sort of talk to me about that. There are groups that want Formula One mm. in Miami, and then there are other groups that do not want Formula One in Miami. Obviously, tourism, the business sector, mm -hmm. we want Formula One because we know the economic driver that it will be for right. the Miami area. The red tape comes in. How do we convince those that are opposed to having Formula One come to Miami? Mm. And a lot of that is noise. Right. Um, wherever the final destination is selected, there's there's a noise element that comes with Formula One. Sure. Um, so it's still at a point where I can't even tell you it's, it's coming. It's still early on. Right? It, it's too. Well, it's probably it's been going on for a while, but um, I wouldn't be able to say that it's coming to Miami for sure. sure. But I'm just happy we're talking about it and that right. there's the possibility that Formula One could come to um, Miami. Absolutely. The other thing that I'm excited about is the. Um, NCAA championship for college football. This year, it's going to be in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Next year, it's going to be in Miami. Amazing. That is huge. Now, Super Bowl is the granddaddy of them all. Right. But I'm going to put NCAA football, the championship game, slightly behind it. And wow. it really depends upon who makes who is, it to right. the final two um, teams. But they're following... It's huge, right. depending upon the college. And generally speaking, anybody that's going to be in the final four of the um, college football championships, th those are solid programs right. with a huge alumni base and huge followers all across North America. So the demand that that's going to put on our hotel and the entire Miami area, it, it, it's significant. You know, when you have these events like Super Bowl or – um, like this college football championship, the demand is strong everywhere. But I even read that the fact that Super Bowl is coming to Miami, it's stronger than strong. I mean, it, it's the demand is stronger than normal because of our destination, because this is in February. It's even, there's even more demand to come right. to these events. So with um, the NCAA championship for football coming here in the first week of January of 2020, 2021 mm -hmm. it's it's just it's a huge win for miami so we got super bowl 2020 uh ncaa 2021 uh what else is is in uh the pipeline that's sort of shaking things up down here i know you were talking about the convention center redo how does that uh factor into the mix the convention center is probably what I'm most excited about. Oh, I like it. Save the best for last. <laughs> it's because when you have the Super Bowl or the event like the college football championship, those are one-time events. And they come every once in a while sure. to Miami. But those they're all rotating. Um, the convention center and the recent renovation that took place and then the upcoming convention center hotel that will happen in a few years – they're every day. Mm -hmm. They're they're in the fabric of Miami and more specifically Miami Beach. Um, I don't know if you know, but the W South Beach, we're the closest hotel of all the hotels to the convention center. So we have a brand new convention center. And what that does for Miami Beach and Miami is that we are able to attract groups namely associations. So these associations, they go from city to city to city and have their annual meetings. Mm -hmm. And 
they they're they're limited in where they can go. It has to be a big enough city that has enough convention space and hotel rooms mm -hmm. for them to select that destination. What the fact that we have a new convention center with all this extra space, and then we're going to have a convention center, a hotel, and you have all these hotels, it, it's just phenomenal. There's new business coming into Miami. Now, whether or not uh, association picks the W South Beach to be in their room block or not, I mean, we like to be in their room blocks, mm -hmm. but even if they don't, the amount of customers, guests that come into Miami, right. there's so much compression that we benefit anyway. So everyone wins. It's an everyone wins scenario, this new convention center. And the convention center, I don't know if you've been, but. I haven't been since the renovation, but especially I'm glad you brought it up for our listeners that aren't as familiar. Sort of what is new or what's the, the what does a new convention center look like? Now, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head how much, how many millions of square feet they mm -hmm. added, but they added a ton of space. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is new. It's like going into, first of all, it's going into a home that's been remodeled. Right. And an extension. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is new. Um, it, it's just beautiful. Plus it's, it's a brand new, right. It's, it's brand new. So it is extremely beautiful right and now. And then the hotel component, uh, where is that in the pipeline? Development it's pipeline. two to three years down the road. Okay. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sort of promise and new good things to come uh, on the convention center avenue side of things. Absolutely, it, it is a no lose proposition as far as I'm concerned. Rick, tell me where do you see Miami Beach uh, and tourism and whatnot here in the next ten years? <laughs> and I know we didn't talk about this uh, beforehand, but I'm just curious to get your your thoughts. How does this sort of short term rental uh, market impact or not impact what's happening here and around you? Well, when I decided to come to Miami at this stage of my career, after 36 years, I'm a little bit more selective on where I want to go. And there's nothing better than working in a market where you're yielding as opposed to trying to get new business. Um, demand in Miami is extremely strong. And a lot of that, to tell you the truth, not only has the city grown up a lot, but the weather here in Miami it's the best weather city in all of the U.S. There's not another city that compares to it if you want warm weather. Mm -hmm. um, so demand is strong. Um, and so the economic outlook for the next 10 years, look at all the hotels that have been built. Mm -hmm. It's positive. Look at it, all the new restaurants that are opening. It's positive. Um, I'm I'm excited to be the general manager of the W South Beach in this market because especially like I told you, our room renovation is taking place next year. Mm -hmm. I think the best is yet to come. I mean, the last five years have been phenomenal, but I really believe that the best is yet to come. Um, as far as short-term rentals, it's a booming industry. Mm -hmm. One that I probably should worry about a little bit more, but honestly, I don't mm -hmm. because the consumer that books the short-term rentals is probably different than your the, consumer, right? Look, our consumers don't even go online to book rooms. Right, as you mentioned. They want to be taken care of. So the last thing they want to do is to go into someone's house and cook their own meals. Right. Right? So <laughs> Very well said. Um, it definitely has a huge impact. I, I think we're like, I read the, the number one short-term rental yeah. destination in North America, at least. Yeah, I believe so. Right? Yeah. 
we don't feel the impact of that mm -hmm. because we're in the luxury segment and our consumer doesn't book short-term rentals for right. the most part. And actually speaking of uh, top destinations, now as Virgin Trains connects us Miami to Orlando, so two of the leading, if not, um, de tourism destinations in the US, right. I mean, you're gonna see even more demand. You're right. I'm excited about that line, primarily internationally, mm -hmm. because a lot of our guests, like let's say from Brazil, right, they want to go to Disney World. Yep. Not even just in Brazil, even in Europe, they want to go to Disney World. Mm -hmm. So they come all the way across the Atlantic yep. or up from the South, and they're going to Orlando. Yep. That's a must stop. I mean, New York, Orlando, Miami, we're must stops for them. And it's just so convenient for them to go to Orlando. Yep. Catch a train mm -hmm. straight down to Miami. Yeah. I, I think it's going to do nothing but benefit Miami. You're not dealing with the directions, you know, rental car, figuring all that out. Or it's... even getting on an airplane right. for an hour and a half flight. I mean, you know, that whole process just takes forever as well, too. So I just think it's a lot more convenient just to get onto one of those trains and just shoot straight down to Miami. Absolutely. And then back up to Orlando or vice versa to catch your flight. Right. Rick, I love it. Uh, many good things in store for us uh, in, in Miami uh, in the near future. So we'll be on the lookout for that. What do you say uh, to looking, going back to looking ahead and sort of rumblings? Um, there are those who talk about a potential uh, recession or economic downturn 2020, 2021 and beyond. What are your thoughts on that? How it could impact, let's say, the tourism industry and sort of how you prepare for that? That thought is out there. Even my company, they're having us prepare for that potential. We've been really on a high for the past, I've been here for five years, but it even goes back to my last hotel that I was at in Chicago. We've, we've really been on a roll, lots of rev park growth year after year after year. I will tell you that my experience, you know, I've been in the business for 36 years. I've been through a few economic downturns mm -hmm. and I have a definitive process that I'll go through when something like this is about to happen or if it could happen. I believe in sales. I told you earlier that I'm a sales general manager and I will not cut, sacrifice, compromise on driving top line sales. So while other businesses, other hotels, they will cut back on their travel. For me, it's critical for direct sales. Mm -hmm. Direct sales is important to attract groups. So to travel the US to go see different corporations that might want to bring a group to the hotel. Um, but a lot like when I travel the world to go see travel agents, our economy might go down, but maybe another economy might be up, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter. We aggressively sell. So I told you I go on five trips a year. I might go on six. Mm -hmm. We are going to put our the pedal to the metal and sell. We will not compromise on the selling. We might make some other cuts that we feel we can make that won't negatively impact the guest's experience. But one cut I will not make is a cut on direct sales. So the potential, the threat is there. But in my mind, I'm already thinking we're going to sell harder than we've ever sold, sold before. We will still feel the impact of a downturn, there's no way around it. All the hotels will. But 
we're going to drive harder than our competition. That, that That's the philosophy that we have. I love it. And it's essentially, you know, it's not about trimming the belt. It's about doubling down, right? And getting ready to pick it back up when it's totally on the upswing. Totally. I love that. Um, it's a, a good, good, great lesson to, to sort of take away. And obviously, you're clearly a master salesman, right? We have, as I mentioned, a lot of our audience are, are real estate professionals and entrepreneurs out there. So if you could to take us out of the gate, maybe um, walk us through, paint me th the, the picture, walk us through your career, sort of the, the main highlights. And if you could sort of give me some of the keys to success, key learnings that you picked up along the way that I think our audience could benefit from as they look to grow their careers in sales and beyond. Like I told you earlier, I've been in the business for 36 years. I started as a dishwasher. My goal when I was a dishwasher was to become a general manager of a hotel for probably all the wrong reasons, <laughs> to be king of the mound. Right. And as you get older, those, those change. Um, the reasons why I love being a general manager are completely different than they were 36 years ago. Um, I've worked in eight different hotels at eight different cities. Um, I've worked in all sectors, convention hotels, urban hotels, resort, um, union, non-union. I've really covered a lot of hotels. Probably one of the greatest lessons was probably around 14, 15 years ago. I was under the impression that I wanted to become CEO of the company and I was charging hard. My only priority was achieving that goal, despite the fact that I had a family and I had a son and my world came crashing down around 14, 15 years ago. And I won't go into all the details, but I got divorced. Okay. <laughs> and it was a traumatic experience because I also had a son. Of course. I, one of the things as far as from a professional side, mm -hmm. I, I kind of really just had a, a moment to myself and was thinking my ego is at play too much. And I don't really want to be a CEO from day one, I wanted to be a general manager and I was a general manager and I, the, why, why do I love being a general manager? I love impacting culture and I get to see it. Mm -hmm. Right. And how do we create a, an, the best place our talent or our employees have ever worked? How do we create an experience for our guests where they're just like, this is unbelievable. This experience I've had at this hotel. I could have continued to elevate my career and then I could have been in charge of some general managers and then become in charge of vice presidents. And mm -hmm. it, it just, the dynamics of that job completely changed. Sure. And I just decided that's not what I want to do. I love being a general manager and I want to become the best general manager that I possibly can be. Now, maybe the lesson learned is, th is that I'm not as politically motivated anymore. Sure. So I actually do what I think is the right thing to do. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always right, mm -hmm. but I actually do what I think is the right thing to do. And I will give feedback to my bosses that maybe some others might be a little bit afraid to give that feedback mm -hmm. because they think it's going to have a negative impact on their professional development or sure. career opportunities. That, that's not me. And I think that's really contributed a lot to my success is that my sole intention at the W South Beach is to create the best place for our talent to work and the best place for our guests to stay. And 
I'm not afraid to bring that up. And I will take, I will take chances. It's for example, when I just tell you there's a potential economic downturn while in my head, I already just told you right off the bat. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm selling because I've done this before and I know selling is the key. So while we all might be experiencing a downturn in revenues, my market share will still lead the market mm-hmm. because we're being more aggressive. Where maybe if you are a little bit more politically motivated, your company's telling you cut, cut, cut. You're just being a good soldier and you're following. Now, listen, I still have to be a good soldier and I still have to right. follow. But how I allocate my resources that is at my discretion. And I am willing to take a chance and take the chance that the results, that's going to speak louder than anything I have to say. Mm-hmm. You could just look at the results and go, all revenues are down across the board, but their market share is crushing it. They're leading their comp set in market share. They have more business than all these other competitor hotels. So I think that's a valuable lesson is Absolutely. to not have an identity like, I had a kind of an identity crisis. Yeah. I want to be CEO. And if I would have gone down that path, to tell you the truth, I think I would have been unhappy. Right. But I'm like, I wouldn't want to go through my life experience. That, I mean, it was a painful experience, but mm. boy. That's another podcast. That's another, another podcast on a, on, cigar, a, right? on a self-help podcast. <laughs> hey, we'll do it. It could be fun, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that was instrumental to really identify that I want, I'm a general manager. Mm-hmm. This is what I always wanted to do. I love doing it. So just perfect this trade. Right. I think it's helped significantly. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm hearing, you know, just being honest with yourself in terms of what you want, you know, have a clear goal, uh, work relentlessly <laughs> to get there and then uh, don't compromise, you know, let the results speak for themselves. I think extremely, Absolutely. extremely valuable lessons. Uh, Rick, this has been an absolute pleasure. I can tell that you're an amazing person running an amazing operation here. Hope our listeners will come and check it out. Definitely send your uh, clients coming in town over here. Tell them to ask for Rick Bueno Ueno. Exactly. (laughs) And that's a great comment because when I go on the road and I talk to travel agents, they're always kind of like, well, we don't want to bother you. You're a busy guy. I always come back and say, wait, this is my job, right? This is what I do for a living. So you contacting me and me taking care of your client, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, right. and that's what I love to do. So, you know, you're right, Omar. If anybody after listening wants to come to the W South Beach, reach out to me direct. You will be my personal VIP. I will add special touches so that when you leave, you're going to go, Wow. This is the only place I'll stay. And this is where I'm going to tell all my friends to come. That's amazing. I appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners will, especially as we talked about, again, creating that personalized, curated experience from coming in town to, uh, you know, where they're received to the properties they go visit and um, all that beyond. So thank you, Rick. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to leave it there. Uh, Wishing you all the best in uh, the rest of this year and the year to come. For all you out there, we'll see you soon. And remember, here in Miami, the future is always bright. Take care, guys.